and today is Monday, July 21st. Thank you for joining us today, and you know, today we have a really special treat for you. It's the first time we've had a guest on the podcast show, something I think we're going to be doing more of in the future. And today's guest is Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and just wait until you hear what Rick has to say, because... <laughs> In addition to being just a fascinating guy in general, his background is pretty wild. Rick began working in the secret world of Navy intelligence. He was actually training Navy SEALs back in the 60s using meditation, breathing, and intuition and training them really to know intuitively how to make decisions, whether you go left or right, and especially when your life might be on the line and I mean, just fascinating stuff. He is, I guess you would call him a quantum physicist. He studies metaphysics, agriculture, and is possibly one of the smartest people I've ever heard talk. And anyway, it's pretty exciting. We recorded an interview with Rick last week. Um, He has an amazing perspective. Oh, yes, and, and before I forget... Rick is one of the, I believe, the main character that the show The X-Files was based on. So, just, (laughs) I mean, to give you an idea of what you're in store for in the next half hour or so, it's pretty wild, and, you know, especially with his background hearing some of the things he sees coming down down the next, uh, and he even mentions year or so. Anyway, it was a fascinating conversation, and with that said, we're going to take you to it live now. It's going to get worse. It's not about money. Realize that at some point, what you're going to do is have to... There they go. First, chemtrail of the day. (laughs) Uh, What you're going to have to do is realize that at some point, it will be a small community, people that you're working with, and you're going to be growing food, looking for your water, and just basics. And when you do that, you're going to discover that all the things that you had with money are not important anymore. And so you don't need money like you used to. And the governments will collapse around where they don't have some kind of, um, I don't know, utilities. That's what China's trying to do now with America is they're moving in trying to take over our utilities. That's why they will say, that they own 50% of America because, in fact, what they're doing, like that Bundy Ranch thing, and you remember that Bundy Ranch thing? Yeah. That All that was about was China wanting to come in and set up a bunch of solar array panels, and they wanted that those cattle removed, and so they started with that cattle, and uh, they got a couple of congressmen, uh, a senator and his son that was running for governor, and they brought him off, and that whole thing on testosterone and who's got the biggest dick was all about China trying to come in and take over utilities. That's what's going to happen next. Well, actually, if... And Greece, uh, and Greece is uh, like on a thin edge. You know, Greece and Italy and uh, Portugal, Spain, are marginal, you know, in terms of being able to support things with the monetary system. Well, this isn't my area of expertise, you know. I'm just a nerd. I'm a scientist. And so in that arena, that's where I shine. In the financial arena, I would defer to someone like yourself that has way more insight 
than I do. I think that Russia has formed a, a, a war thing with Iran and China against the petrodollar. And the petrodollar now is doomed. And what that's going to mean to people and their savings and all of that, there's going to be a crash like there was the savings and loan crashes. It's going to be something like that. And it's going to devastate all kinds of people on retirement and other kinds of, you know, support systems that are no longer, you know, structured. Right. I, I don't know how it's all going to play. I know it's going to happen, and I know it's going to happen probably in the next year. Yeah, that's actually something that I think a lot of people would find interesting, where from a timeline perspective... You know, I feel like we've reached a point where it's almost outside of an alien landing on the White House, which... Well, there you go. It's like it can't not happen, is basically the way that I'm seeing it. When, when do you see, really... I mean, I feel like we've seen somewhat of a shift, especially since you had Ron Paul, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes just to that... There's well, a lot Ron of, Paul didn't open eyes so much. There are... There's a group out there. It's like Republicans and Democrats. I remember before my dad died, how disillusioned he was about being a Republican. My dad was a Republican. And when when Bush took over and dad realized that it was not the happy republic that he thought it was, he was completely disillusioned. And I think that is going to happen more and more. I'm watching, I do Vincent Pinelli, a bunch of armed Republicans in the middle of the Missouri breaks, and let me tell you, they're all hunkering down, and it's not so much about militancy, but the realization that the safety net that you think is there is not real. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are waking up and realizing. Um, so what you need to do, or what I would recommend that you do, is find that place in the universe that you feel safe and have a local infrastructure of support, a community of some kind, a kibbutz, if you would, and a like-minded belief system. And if that's in Greece, there it is. But what you do is realize that you're going to, at some point, not have your food and water as simple as it used to be because money isn't there to buy it and the product isn't there because the Teamsters didn't deliver it, that kind of thing. So if you, let's say, and maybe you've done this already, you, you have five or ten of your good friends that see the world in the same... Similar you, pattern. Yeah. And what you do is form a small support system where if you grow the carrots and onions, I'll take care of the water, that kind of thing. And you have a little support group that work together, one person watching while the others sleep kind of thing, a tribe, uh, a small tribe. And what would be on your checklist in terms of, let's say, government collapses tomorrow and you have your 10... Uh, your 10 friends, I'm assuming water is the first thing you're looking for, and... Probably. That'd be what I... Water will do what happens first in America. That's why they set up FEMA camps, or 
primarily for the water. People <laughs> won't know where to get their water. Of course, the power doesn't work, so they can't pump it. Where they're going to get it? The wagon or truck is a FEMA truck, probably. Well, and, and tell me a little bit more about the FEMA camps, actually, because that's it seems to be a little bit of a mystery in terms of well, what these guys are doing or saying they do. Yeah, federal emergency response. You know, that's what it is. It's an emergency situation. when And, and before food becomes a problem, because what is it? It's three minutes for air, three days for water, right. and three weeks for food. Right. And when you're out of water, uh, that's when it becomes life-threatening. Now, do you think these FEMA camps are actually designed to help people get these things? Or is this, I know there's a wide school of thought that this is another government contraption of a way to... Well, it's all of the above. <laughs> it's all of the above. It will start out as a support thing for the citizens, and at some point will get over overmanaged. Probably. Like they did in Texas with Katrina. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, if the people have to evacuate, where are you going to put them? Okay, when well, you put them in the big, you know, ball dome, what do you have to do? Water. Water and then food. And then shelter. And so water, food, and shelter. Those are the three primaries that you need to focus on right now that if there was no power, where would your water come from? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are trying to figure out now. Um, well, then that's a good place to start. Doesn't mean you're going to have a total solution. But at least you start thinking about that aspect of independence. So, for example, let's say someone's looking at the U.S. Is there Are there particular regions that... I mean, I guess There's outside of the major that cities. There's on that subject called We Are the Earthquake Generation. And they talk about specific places like, you know, Yellowstone uh, 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 that is not going to exist. They talk about places that are remote and have good water, like Sandpoint, Idaho. I happen to live in Copland, uh, all the L.A., Police come up here, Oregon, and retire because, you know, we're a bunch of Ku Klux Klan and military and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now, that's where I live. You find your own place, again, no matter where you like, will have its own challenges. Right. And <laughs> so what is important is your infrastructure, the people around you. And you don't go into an unknown neighborhood. What you do is you find people that you know and have grown up with and have known more than 10 years. And once you have that kind of relationship, now you start to get a little game plan. Of, okay, if the power's gone, where's our water going to come from? Once you have approximately working solution, how you pot the water, you've got that system in place so that if and when the grid does go down, you do have drinkable, potable water. That's that's first. Once you've done water, then you do food. And the reason you want to do food is because all the food in the world is pretty much toxic. And what you want to do is have a source 
stage three, when you start realizing that some of the land has got particulate coming down from Fukushima, okay, that, that means that maybe one of your food sources will be the shield from radiation. That would be a greenhouse. See where I'm going? You start methodically planning your own level of sovereignty. And if you don't have that, that's what FEMA is about. Because most people won't have a clue. Right. And the problem is, the FEMA is like a Hotel California. You can check in, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I, I think people are worried about. You FEMA and go get your own water. You know, you better, my suggestion is, you at least have your water thing organized a little bit. And what's some dry runs that practice? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and that, what that's going to do for you is it's going to make, it's going to solve your problems. It's going to make you feel like your problems are solvable. Right. That's what you're looking for now is that peace of mind. Even if it isn't <clears throat> solid, it's closer than where you are, and at least you've thought about it. Yeah, in, in fact, I, I think this is, again, based on the financials, where at some Financial point... Financial is going to fall apart. That part yeah, it, it, is it, not going to work. Barter, barter will be the thing, so if you have a skill set, whatever it is, you can start a fire. You can da-da-da-da-da. You have a little skill set. That's going to be very useful in the tribe. That will determine your importance in the tribe. Yeah, I, I, and in some ways, I think it's going to be good when we can finally get well, off it's this. It's going to be good for a few people. There are going to be a lot. There, how did the movie title go? Oh, yes. There will be blood. Yeah, I, I, You know, there will be people that will not be able to cope. The primary diseases will be exhaustion and dehydration. Those are going to be the two top things that kill most everybody. Won't be radiation. It won't be the earth falling on top of you, you know, earthquakes, whatever. That will happen too, but mostly it will be exhaustion and dehydration. So, is there a particular breakpoint in the water supply that that you're seeing right now, or or is this well, just I don't the? Well, but California doesn't have any water. Huh. And there's massive crop failures going on as we speak right now. I know you said the, the, the Japanese radiation uh, on your Coast to Coast interview, you mentioned that that's been building up on California more and more now? Yeah, yeah. But California, I wouldn't live in California. My life depended on it. All the maps <laughs> I see don't even show it existing with a continental shelf dropping like it will. Wow. So once you've got a sense of that, where you might want to live, there is a map if you want to get a gross idea of what the military thinks is worst case scenario. And it could be much worse than that and or not nearly ever like that. But the one the military uses is called Future Maps of America, comma, Chet Snow. Be that as that. That got his map, rather than Scallion or some of the others that will come up. Using Future Maps of America, you get all these different pictures of what people think is going to happen. So one the military uses 
is Jeff Snow. Okay. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. So they, you know, they're already... that for infrared countermeasures, but that's the one the military uses for their designs. And they're already drawing up what the U.S. is going to look like in a, in a couple oh, of years. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yes, of course they are. How could you not? Well, speaking of uh, military... The future maps of the world might also give you a sense of where you are in Greece. Yeah. And, and I guess a little closer over here to Greece, um, one thing I've been wondering about is, what do you think about the possibilities of Russia and, and a lot of the military... Tension escalating into Turkey, perhaps, or oh, there's all of that, of course. That you know, the thing about Ukraine was that they did a study of all the people who were shot in the Ukraine uh, on both sides, and many of them were shot with the same rifle. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> well, yeah. That's right. You get the big picture. Yeah. It means they're, it's orchestrated, and they're shooting both sides to try to incite, just like they did at Bundy Ranch. You know, everybody's tossing around, seeing who's got the biggest dick. That's bullshit. Well, it, it's funny you mention that, because one of my friends here in Greece, he was at the, the protest in Athens back in 2011, and he said it was pretty much peaceful until at one point... There were a couple guys with masks, one of whom he heard speaking in French, who started antagonizing the military, and that's when they started dropping tear gas. And it's yeah, just and interesting. From there. Yeah, see, the whole thing is done like uh, trying to set a powder keg and then light it. Yeah. And see what happens next. And the bottom line is, even though Europe is ahead of America in terms of knowledge and awareness and things like that, you are. Um, actually, most people like you are watching to see what we do. Yeah. And, and because even though we are ill-informed, ignorant, complacent, fucked up, America's like going down the tubes worse than anybody, and yet people somehow feel People like myself will rise up and change things, and that's what you're watching to see what, what happens next. I'm doing it with radio, talking to people like you right now. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I don't know how it's going to play that way. I don't know how it's going to play. You know, I, I do know that Europe is at a loss, and if they don't know how to do it, where are we going to go next? You know, like herbs. I know that whatever the United States would use in herbs, Europe is 10 times up. They're way down the line in terms of natural sources, water sources, blah, 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 blah. But, but they're just in the same black hole we are. And so they're watching to see what different way we might try to do this. I'm doing it through radio, but, you know, selling books, trying to write books that will, you know, give you an edge and talk like I am about start with water, you know, that kind of thing, clear thinking. And then once you've got that part together, the rest of it will be revealed to you by yourself because that's how it works. 
Yes, and I uh, I know you've talked a lot about meditation and just the different breathing oh, yeah, techniques. Talking to yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's where the answers lie. That's where it all happens. It's not out there talking to people like me. I can help guide you a little bit, but ultimately, the real truth lies inside yourself. Well, and with that said, Rick, where uh, can you give us your website address again so that people can find uh, out yeah, more Oak, about Power Tools Oak, and the other great yeah, books? I'm giving it to you Oak-Publishing.com. That's Oak-Publishing.com. And also, your pers- is this your personal uh, site? Is- RichardAllenMiller.com. But uh, that site got hacked. And so, you know, every- I have dissuasions and roadblocks just like you do. I have been approached by the military. I am, I've decided I am going to work with them. I'm going to do it on my terms because I'm 70. I don't need them. They need me. And I want to work with them because the people that I'm working with, I feel, are not trying to misuse me as much as maybe talk to people like you to start your own little thing or little nests of survival. And at some point, you and I will be like John Connor talking on the radio. The world's gone down into a big black hole. <laughs> well, Rick, it sounds... Uh, it, it sounds great to me, and I think there's a lot of people who are starting to see what's going on and ready for the yeah, next step. And a little bit. Start with water. If you don't have water, move on. Right. That's your primary. That will be the one in America that will cause people to have to flood the FEMA camps. All right. Well, that certainly makes a lot of sense to me. And, uh, Rick, I know that you have... Uh, I enjoy talking with you, yeah. It's been great to talk with you as always. And, you know, just for everyone who's listening, uh, I it also meant a lot to me just the way that you respond to the people who write into your site and, and, and contact you. So I really encourage everyone to check in with Rick today and certainly check out your books. I have them somewhere in transit from the U.S., so I'm looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> All over the world, <laughs> Must be nice to travel. The only way I get to do that is sing for my dinner. I have to go in and do a workshop or something so I can afford to be flown in. Well, but, maybe I'll get my... You know what? It's okay because... It actually is making me have to write more books and actually contribute to mankind more before I exit. And so it's all good from that point of view. Even though I can't relax and I have to struggle, I can't go to Machu Picchu. The only way I could go to Machu Picchu would be as if I was the entertainment at night after the Japanese crowd did their hike. We'll talk around the campfire around UFOs or some weird thing. Can, can we get can we get one of these military guys to at least give you a ride in Air Force One or something rather than whatever they're doing with it anyways? I mean, I'm not riding with Obama for that bullshit. Maybe Air Force Twelve. I don't know how that works. Well, I'm going to try and land a few pilots in and uh, plane builders in my village and. You know, once we get our water set up in the plains, we'll, we'll give you a transportation wherever you need. I really do best is I come in and set up an infrastructure. I see what you've got, and then I make recommendations on what areas that you might want to rethink and or interface with other 
groups that are not like you, they're different, but you form a relationship of trade. Yeah. You know, they have things you don't, that kind of thing. And so what you do is try to endure your, in each other with each other, that kind of thing. Well, and then I guess just one last time, if you can give, uh, certainly so people know how to contact you, the, the website again, because I think these are valuable services and information yeah, uh, that you yeah, have. Yeah, and, I'm at oak-publishing.com. Oak, uh, oak is Organization for the Advancement of Knowledge, and it was basically a think tank I set up when I left Princeton. I was part of Dr. Cohen's original think tank at Princeton, and then when I moved to Seattle, Boeing uh, invited me to set up a think tank for Bethel and Douglas United Nuclear, and so I did that in 1972, and Oak was uh, a, a think tank for Boeing, and hmm. what evolved is I've had that corporation now 40-some years, and what I did is made it for lectures, writing, and research. I've had other corporations that I'm no longer active with, like Northwest Botanicals, which is my email, you know, nwbotanicals.org. But really, Oak was always my writing and my lecturing. And so I just made it a publishing house. And uh, so it's oak-publishing.com. And really, I'm hoping to set up networks like you in other parts of the world where at some point we can have exchanges, if nothing more than dialogue of what's going on, you know? Well, I, I think you're doing a great job of it already. I, and, and we've talked before about how much I found your, especially your coast-to-coast -coast interviews, and then again, talking with you again today. I mean, really just opening up a lot of information I mean, that most people don't... If you want to hear a good interview, it was a one-hour spontaneous. Uh, John calls me up. I didn't even recognize him because he was using a different name. And it was, John, is this John? Well, yes, but I don't let people know my real name. And so he called me on his real name, and then did, we did an interview with Caravan to Midnight. And it was a one-hour last night. It'll be posted. And that pretty much... Uh, summarizes, I talked on that one about fullerene waters. Have you heard about fullerene? No, no. Oh, man, the Russians, they're very superstitious, <laughs> have yeah. made a discovery. They take graphene, which is carbon, and it's a carbon, well, it's a buckyball is what it is. Graphene uh, forms a structure of carbon with a center in it, that if you put water in, in the center of it, and then you build this 60 carbon molecule ball around it, it becomes what's called fluorine water. And what happens next is if you give rats lethal doses of radiation and feed them fluorine water, 95% of them recover, and that information has been reproduced and repeated in a number of laboratories now. And so we don't know quite yet how it works, and that's what I'm doing is trying to understand the nature and structure of water, you know, exclusion zone waters, that kind of thing, in terms of how the water being surrounded by a geometric surface, buckyball, will cause it 
to form microtubules that will lock around radioactive particulate and wash it from your body. That's how it's working. We don't know quite yet how that structuring works, but that's where the new physics is going in terms of nanotechnology. Well, that, that reminds me of something else you've mentioned before about how the psilocybin, the active in ingredients in, in certain strands of mushrooms, I know you've mentioned that, especially for the, like in Japan, that they have two options if they want to get rid of their radiation, which is either scrape down to the oh, rock or... Yeah, bioremediating. Yeah, hemp has actually been studied. You know, the big hemp, not marijuana for medical, but the hemp part of the, the, the big, big plant will bioremediate that right directly out of the soil, and so will certain pharmaceutical mushrooms. I haven't seen studies on the psychoactive mushrooms like psilocybin and so on, and uh, but I'm guessing that's what mycelium does is it has this networking that will allow it to encase certain kinds of structures. What makes water uh, the universal solvent is that it is so small a molecule that it's in everything. And that really, what we're talking about, like a human being, is that you're mostly water, and then the impurities are what form you and make you different than me. And the relationship of the water that's in your body to the impurities. You know, you all need that kind of thing. You are what you think. You know, these, all these parts of it have to do with the way water structures in its relationship to itself and to other, uh, what I would call a contaminants or, or, you know, alternative metals, things like that. And that's where your exclusion zone is formed, and that's what we're now starting to understand in terms of having a model of understanding how the world works. It's interesting. I, I don't know where it's going. I'm right on the leading edge of trying to understand the rocket so that I can at least explain it in a non-technical way that people get in their mind's eye. Because, in fact, it is not about the technical explanation. That changes. What is real is your mind's eye. And once you think you see it in your mind's eye, that is, in fact, what makes it work. Yeah, and I, uh, well, I'm, I'm working on that one each day, and some oh, days seem a little more clearly than others. But. <laughs> man has a responsibility for the thoughts he chooses to entertain. That's how it works. We yeah. create our own reality just on our neuroses. Well, Rick, I want to thank you again. Uh, it's been sure. great I having you on today. And we're going to go get started on our uh, water source. Um, well, that's what I would do. I would get, that's part of being sovereign. Yeah, I, I think it'll be nice to... It's like you said, I think, yes, there's going to be a big adjustment when... It may not save your life, but what it will do is give you an edge that you do not have now. Yeah, I think just in general, people feeling like they can live without... Somebody oh, telling everybody, yeah. Direction, hope, and all the rest of those little things they throw in in the Christian, you know, soup of, you know, you stir it up and you've got, you know, belief <laughs> and, you know, hope and a little bit of 
Bailey's got to remove the Bailey. And, and you cook this stew up, and that then becomes your reality. And, and as you become more mindful in training your mind, you can, in fact, change the movie. Well, Rick, I think you're helping a lot of people make a much better stew, and and all I can say again is thank you, and uh, I hope you survive uh, the chemtrails for the rest of the day out there in Oregon. I know they've been crop dusting you pretty good, but thanks again, Rick, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you for the call. Bye-bye. All right, bye.